Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. The paleo diet, gluten-free, organic. These days when you go into the food store, it's a confusing array of what's good for you, what tastes best, what you should avoid, and it just seems like it's harder than ever to find something healthy to eat. Well, today we've got some folks who are going to help us. We have Janelle Bremer and Rebecca Price-Bakley from Good Clean Food Hawaii. And we're going to explore the meaning behind the paleo lifestyle, what processing of food really does, and how we can all find healthy food choices while also enjoying a variety of different flavors. Now, as always, you can join our conversation at 941 3689, toll free 877 941 3689 from our friends in the neighbor islands. Welcome, ladies, to The Body Show. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. Now, let's talk a little bit about label busting, myth busting of labels. Because, you know, Rebecca, you first sent me a message and said, there's a lot of information out there about the paleo diet and paleo lifestyle that people don't realize. But they also sometimes see things on labels, you know, different things that say gluten-free or, you know, no trans fats or whatever might be on the label. And sometimes it organic, it doesn't always mean what it says. Mm-hmm. Let's do a little <laughs> bit of label busting. Okay, yeah, great point. Um, I think when you go to the grocery store, it can be a very confusing place. Yes, and don't go hungry. <laughs> right, don't go hungry. Okay, because uh, I've made that mistake. Yeah, so a lot of the packaged foods um, especially come with labels that – you know, lead people to believe things that just aren't true. Um, organic, that's a pretty well-regulated one at this point. But things like natural, um, gluten-free often is on products um, that are already have always been gluten-free. It's nothing new, but it's used as a marketing tool to get people to buy it. So it's really confusing to the consumer because they think they are purchasing something that is a better choice than what they might have bought before, and then they fail to read the actual ingredients on the list where there may be other hidden things in there that they don't know that they're consuming. So it's important to not just look at the labels on the outside because those are meant to catch your eye, to lead you to believe that it's this is a very healthy option. What you need to do is really read in depth what you're, what you're consuming and what you're purchasing. So, like, give me an example. You know, like, if I were to go and say, all right, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to the food store, I'm looking for breakfast foods, and I'm trying to find something for breakfast, what kind of labels might I see that say all natural or organic, and, and what, it, what is that supposed to mean? Well, um, the breakfast foods are especially ones that they like to put those labels on, like all natural, um, gluten-free treats, that kind of stuff. For example, I went to the grocery store and kind of out of desperation brought, bought my son a Rice Krispie Treat and it said gluten-free on it. So you would think that, in it, and it says sweetened with um, cane sugar rather than high fructose corn syrup. I mean, it, it sounds good. I'll, I'll eat that. It, sound, it sounds you know, good. You get but an extra? You got one in your bag? <laughs> you flip it around. I mean, it's still full of sugar and and rice and a bunch of processed oils. So yeah, so you, you thought it was good because it said gluten-free. I mean, I knew better. It's always been gluten-free. It's made with rice, but yeah. I think it's the misconception a lot of people have when shopping at uh, your natural food stores or Whole Foods, for instance, and you buy organic cookies. Uh, they're still cookies, unfortunately. Well, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean, thank God. You know, I wanted a cookie, so I see. But but sometimes it says organic. It says all natural. It says made with real sugar. And it makes me think, okay, then everything else isn't. So if this says, 
you know, it has no trans fats, then any other product like it must have trans fats because they don't have the little label. So what you're saying is, yeah, don't believe that. Definitely be a skeptical consumer. And as Rebecca said, I I just read the label and, and kind of form your own judgments as opposed to taking what's on that label to heart. So like what would be some other things on a label that would be misleading if it says all natural does that could that mean basically any food because it's not necessarily regulated when we say all natural right like you said all natural is not regulated so organic um, is a little bit more now organic is a little bit more um not as much as it necessarily used to be but all natural when you see all natural on um, eggs or chicken it, it doesn't really mean anything. It's really not any better than just the package, the conventional package that doesn't say any of those things. You're just really paying a higher premium for it. So if you are going to um, pay attention to the label when you buy certain foods, definitely know what they mean. If you're buying meats, look for something that says grass-fed um, as opposed to just all-natural. So why would I want grass-fed? Grass-fed is a lot better um, than conventional because um, the meat or the I'm sorry the fat that's on the meat um, doesn't contain as many bad things for you as it is in your conventional meats. So if you're eating conventional and not grass fed, definitely stick to your leaner cuts um, as opposed to if you're eating grass fed. The fat in that that meat is is not bad fat for you. Okay, and what about um, things that you know you might see on eggs, um, cage free eggs? Cage-free is another one that I, I don't think is highly regulated. Um, it has to do, I believe, with like the size of the barn. It doesn't necessarily mean that these, these chickens are just roaming free like, like, uh, like chickens should dreams, be. Right, right in okay. your dreams. Um, All right, the happy chicken place. Yeah, that, that doesn't okay. really exist, I don't think. Antibiotic-free? That's a good one, um, again, depending on, on what you're buying. But antibiotics are a good thing to avoid if you can. In your meat, in your in your food products. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, and there's always this this big campaign from the Centers for Disease Control or the CDC trying to get people to use less antibiotics in their body for colds and coughs and infections. And, mm. you know, it's it's one of those things that as, as a physician, somebody comes in and says, I'm sick and it won't go away and I've tried to make it go away myself and I need antibiotics. So if you have to take it for an illness and you really do, fine, but try not to eat it because there is always the concern that if we have animals getting antibiotics that could potentially lead to resistance in different pathogens, bacteria, et cetera, and we ingest those, that we actually could, because we have all these antibiotics that we're eating from animal products, that we could actually develop some problems in the body ourselves. The same goes with the added hormones, um, which kind of makes your chicken breast bigger than a normal chicken breast would be, um, and other sorts of meat. The hormones can get passed on to the the human, and, and you can notice that in children these days who are hitting puberty a little bit earlier than children used to um, and things like that that can be linked back to the hormones in our food. So good labels that we should look for. If it says hormone-free, that's good. If it says antibiotic-free, that's good. What else should we look for in our standard labels? If it says organic, we should be happy but skeptical Look mm-hmm. into why it's allowed to say organic. And some things are better to pay attention to organic than others. Um, there's like, what's called like the dirty dozen for your produce, um, things where you're going to eat the outside of them, eat the skin. You want to be organic more than something where you're going to take the skin off is not necessarily as important. Like an apple. Right. An apple is a good one. Um, Versus an orange. Exactly. Perfect so example. apple, I might eat the skin. Orange, that would be a little strange if I did. So I would I would peel it. Right. And organic is 
it's in that case, it's just a matter of you're paying for something that maybe isn't the best bang for your buck. So if you're on a budget, um, getting one of these lists of better organic produce than others is a good thing, good way to save some money. Okay, what else is on the dirty dozen? I mean, now you said it. Now I'm like, I got to know. I believe berries is a yeah, big one because, a, yeah. Um, I love berries. What's the wrong with the berries? They're, yeah, they're just, they're dirty. They're on the dirty dozen. Okay. If I wash them, are they clean now? I don't, you know. Not really. Not really. You're, you're still going to get a lot of the, the pesticides and the chemicals that they use on the farms on the outside of the berries. Um, so that's definitely one where if you can afford to, to splurge on the organic, better, it's better for you. Then do that because it really is worth it. Right. Okay. Anything else that pops out on the Dirty Dozen? Spinach is a big one too. Spinach. Um, leafy greens. Leafy greens. There's mm-hmm. a lot of um, E. coli is a, is a big concern when you're talking about spinach. So by buying the organic, you're, you're kind of taking a going on the safe side with okay. that one. I heard kale. Kale absorbs a whole bunch of stuff that you might not want to eat that comes from the soil. Is that true? False? Am I just reading weird reports from somewhere? I think I've heard that, too. Um, goes along in that leafy green category. Okay. So look for healthy leafy greens. If you really want to be super on top, you could grow it yourself. That's always a great option. And, okay. and even going to local farms, you know, if you, you can go to the farmer's market and talk to the farmer and learn about how they're growing it. They, they may not be able to go through all of the regulatory process to get that organic stamp, that organic sticker, but they may be... Basically, they could probably doing tell you how they do it. Because right. exactly. chances are, I don't think I'm ever going to learn how to grow a head of lettuce. It's right. probably just beyond my comprehension and capacity. Okay. But if I went to a farmer's market, and they're pretty much ubiquitous in the island, you can find them just oh, about everywhere. So if you go there, you could ask the farmer, hey, you know what? Is this, is this pesticide free? And Farmer John, who, who brought it in from wherever, can say, yes, by the way, it is. Yeah, you have to be an educated consumer and you have to really educate yourself as well and be diligent about that even when you go to a farmer's market because a lot of the farmer's markets they aren't all created equal essentially Um, you have to be an educated consumer when you go there as well because some of the farms and farmers will mix in produce from Costco or other places so you want to make sure you're going to a farmer's market that stands behind their farmers and that really believes in them. How would you know that? Like now you're scaring me. (laughs) Now I want to go to a farmer's market and get fresh produce (laughs) and like you're saying you might as well go to Costco so yeah it's a little disheartening sometimes. Um, So how do I know if the farmer's market is is doing the right thing. Look for stickers on the vegetables and fruit. Look for fruits that don't grow here. And car- like what doesn't grow here as an example? Like apples. Don't um, grow here. Well, we have the mountain apples, but not the traditional okay. kind of apples. The carrots that are, you know, the ones that look exactly like they're in Costco. They're cut off on the top and they're perfect. Um, bell peppers that have the stickers on them too. Um, banana- when you say stickers, the yeah, stickers the, like, the dole say, stickers you know, the, I'm made from somewhere else. Made in Ecuador, grown okay. in Ecuador or okay. things like that. It's it's pretty easy to pick out. If you go to the farmer's market, you know what looks dirty, what's from the ground, what you can, if you see the farmer's sign and it says, you know, Wymanalo. Right. <laughs> there are some really trustworthy, really well-known farms in Hawaii that you can really stand behind um, and some great farmer's market that also, you know, vest a lot and spend a lot of time making sure that all of their their farm stands are real farmers from Hawaii. And, and there's some co-ops, I think, that, you know, if you can 
be in a in a group where you will pay to get a special delivery of fresh fruits and vegetables and things locally grown that you can I forget what it's called yeah, farm to box CSAs. or something there's a couple CSAs on island that oh, do CSA. that yeah and you can what is a CSA oh, uh, community sponsored agriculture oh it's what I'm talking about yeah. I don't remember the name okay <laughs> it's a CSA I feel smarter okay so so there are a couple of right and they can yeah. actually you can subscribe to that and they Right, and then they they work directly with the, the farmers, farmers themselves and um, aggregate all of these different products. One farm might only deal with lettuce, and another farm might only deal with root vegetables. So they aggregate all that together and then give you a nice little bag every week or every other week, so you get a little bit from each different farm. And you get to support people who are growing things locally, mm-hmm. right? Because it seems like every time we turn around, agricultural land is getting developed mm-hmm. and turning into something other than agriculture. Mm-hmm. So this is a nice way to hey promote. The livelihood of the farmers and also eat healthy foods. Absolutely. All right. Now, both of you came back from a conference where you were talking about the paleo lifestyle. And, you know, for a lot of people, they think, oh, paleo equals caveman equals, you know, I'm just going to go eat raw meat. And, And that's really not the whole point. That's not the gist of what the paleo lifestyle is. That may be, you know, someone's myth about what it means. Tell me a little bit about what paleo and the paleo diet really the lifestyle consists of. So the paleo diet is all about just eating um, whole and unprocessed foods. Um, there's a long list of things you, you can't eat on paleo. You, no gluten, no grains, no dairy, no sugar, no soy. All that really means is that you're eating whole foods that do not need to be processed in order to eat them. So you're left with basically meat, Everything else. meat okay. and fish. Um also fruits, vegetables, nuts and seeds, and healthy oils, healthy fats. Um, and that's the basis for your diet. And, and the point of it really is to reduce the inflammation that a lot of those other foods that you can't have on a paleo diet can cause for people. And inflammation can then kind of rear its ugly head as a lot of different things, anywhere from arthritis to acne to um, a lot of digestive problems. And digestive problems is kind of the start of some autoimmune problems, which then can create a lot of um, really bad side effects there too. So by cutting out all of these other things, you kind of get your body back to its healthy medium and and you start to feel a lot better. Well, and I think from the traditional medical approach, when you look at different areas where there's still a mystery, I think the word inflammation is one of those areas where, you know, we are just at this point starting to learn more about the inflammatory process. And maybe about two or three months ago, they did this whole investigation of the, and and this sounds kind of gross, and yes, it's dinner time, and I'm going to call it what it was. It was a poop study. Mm-hmm. Yes, they were looking at the poop of Amazon tribes that were not contacted by, you know, modern society. And one of the scientists said, I'm going to look and see how much bacteria is in their poo and found that there's like 10 times more different bacteria than in the average poo of an American. And when you think about some of the other things that they also saw less of in this tribe, they did not see autoimmune disease. They didn't see some of the other digestive issues that we get. Now, granted, they've got parasites and a whole bunch of other stuff. But I think The gut actually has a lot to do with the immune system, and we are just doing some of the research to understand that. I think a couple of years ago when gluten sensitivity and and celiac disease became a prominent thing, you know, a lot of people may have celiac disease, which is a specific medical condition, but a lot of people felt better eating less gluten. Mm -hmm. And maybe it just had to do with some of the other sorts of 
things that their body undergoes as they eat certain foods. So they're actually, in the conventional medicine community, there really is a lot of research that's being done to look at this because we don't understand it completely. So when you talk about foods that cause inflammation, boy, five years ago, I would have been like, seriously, really? But now <laughs> I'm like, wow, I think there's, they're really researching that. We're finding stuff. And yes, it came from poop studies. But, you know, it's a good place to start. That gives you a good idea about the GI system. We're now, you know, you hear probiotics. Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, I, medicine would have laughed at probiotics. And now we're actually telling people, take probiotics to restore your gastrointestinal health. So there's a lot that we've learned. It's taken a while, but we've really gotten better at it. So what you're describing with the paleo, when you say paleo diet and you can eat certain things, is there such a thing as kind of going halvesies? There is. And, and it really depends on how you feel when you start a paleo diet. A lot of people, kind of how you mentioned that some people who may have thought they were gluten intolerant or even may have had celiac disease may have just been very broken, um, stressed out, not sleeping well, under a lot of pressure, uh, not following a great diet. And if you're in that situation, you definitely want to go kind of full on paleo, get yourself back to where you need to be and then you can kind of add some things back in and and see if you can do more of like an 80 20 or even a habsy eating paleo sometimes and and other times enjoying some of those other things i like the way you put it 80 20 not 50 50 come on <laughs> try an 80 20 at first so when you say that trying going full paleo you're not talking about like i can't eat cooked meat no so the whole paleo raw is totally separate and different. Yeah, I think that's that's a big misconception. Well, um, it, that's what we're here for because right. I've got a bunch of those <laughs> and you're going to help bust them. So uh, that misconception is you can't cook your food because, yes, you can. Right. We're not. It's not necessarily eating and living exactly how a caveman would eat and well, live. I hope not. It's kind of just getting back to how our bodies were meant to digest food, what we were meant to eat, which is things that didn't have to be processed because – we were eating food way before we were processing food. Um, so, yeah, eating even the misconception that um, paleo is largely a meat-based diet, it really isn't. I mean, for unless you're somebody who needs a lot of protein, you're working out a lot, you're a bodybuilder or something like that, paleo it should be a vegetable and, and plant-based diet with a moderate amount of protein um, just to keep up your muscle mass. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio, and today we are talking about eating better for your lifestyle and looking at the paleo diet in addition to some other types of foods that people might want to eat and trying to find if there's a healthy way to keep your energy up, to keep you feeling good, and to be eating things that are sustaining for your body. Joining me in the studio, I have Janelle Bremer and also Rebecca Price. Bakel, am I saying that right? Beckley. Beckley. See, I knew I, it's my <laughs> handwriting. Beckley. All right, I'll get that better. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to pronounce things correctly. Supposedly. And we're going to go ahead and do a little bit more misconception and myth busting about the paleo diet. And you can find out if that works for you. Now, you can join us, as always, at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We'll be right back. Stay with us. This week on New Letters on the Air, poet Martina Spada, a former tenant lawyer, discusses the parallels between his two fields of study. What poetry and the law have in common is that they both involve advocacy, speaking on behalf of those who do not have the opportunity to speak for themselves. Martina Spada reads from The Trouble Ball and Alabanza next time on New Letters on the Air. Tuesday evening at 6.30. 
following marketplace. Shout it from the sidewalk, shout it from the street, from the west coast to the east. Streetlight Cadence gives their final performance in Hawaii in the Atherton Studio August 8th at 7.30 p.m. Send them off with your aloha by purchasing tickets to their farewell concert on Saturday the 8th. Go to hprtickets.org or call 955-8821 during business hours. But shout it from the sidewalk, shout it from the street. Support for The Body Show comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Sacred Hearts Academy, and Hawaii Supply. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with two folks from Good Clean Food Hawaii. We have Janelle Bremer and we have Rebecca Price Beckley. I said it correctly. I hope. And uh, today we're talking about what is the paleo lifestyle? Why might you want to do it? And how can eating foods that are not processed make you feel better, have more energy, and just be healthier overall? Now, if you found a favorite food and you want to know, hey, could I could I be in the paleo diet? Is it definitely not? Can I live without chocolate? I hope that answer to that is you can still eat it. You can certainly join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, right before the break, we were talking, Janelle, about about could you, you know, have it or 80-20 it or what foods would you not want to eat? Tell me a little bit about the science behind it. Or, Rebecca, tell me a little bit about why would you want to avoid grains as an example? And then we'll talk about why you – we know kind of why you'd want to eat certain foods – Protein you'd want to get from good sources, mm-hmm. lean sources, vegetables. Everybody, vegetables are great, full mm-hmm. of antioxidants, vitamins, etc. Um, fruits, good way to get some natural sweetness and, and ways to eat things that aren't processed. But what about grains? Why can't I just go eat some grains? Yeah, well, we have all really been led to believe that grains are really part of a, a healthy diet. And the food pyramid really promotes the consumption of grains as a basis for um, for a healthy diet. But we have to look more into how we consume grains and how that's changed over the years. Um, first of all, grain, when we first started consuming it, we did not consume it in the ways that we do now. We start our day off with a muffin from the coffee shop. You know, we go into our snack where we may have a granola bar. We go into our lunch where we may have a sandwich. And then we might Were eat... Are you following me today? <laughs> we may eat a pasta or something like that for dinner. We, we are constantly inundating, inundating our bodies with grain and with gluten. You know, when we, years and years ago, we used to have to make our own bread. Things We didn't consume things in such huge quantities. We have it in everything. We have it in our condiments and things you don't even think gluten is in. So not only are we consuming mass quantities of gluten and of grains that we don't even know about, but our bodies really aren't meant to process grains. Our body has a difficult time breaking down the proteins in gluten, and it can um, it can cause an inflammatory response in your body. So it actually leaks across your intestine over the years of eating gluten and gluten, and it kind of breaks down the lining of your intestine and gets absorbed by your body. And then your body creates an immune response to the gluten protein. So it kind of creates this inflammatory response in your body. You can have aches and pains at joints, um, like Janelle said, autoimmune issues, that kind of stuff. So that's really why we want to avoid grains and glutens. And also, along with grains and glutens, um, 
those are most of the processed foods. So along with um, those come a lot of sugar usually, a lot of fats. So when you cut those out of your diet, you're really staying away from a lot of the processed foods. So like not all grains are gluten. Um, Janelle? Yeah, not all, not all grains um, have gluten. If gluten is in it, it definitely is a grain. But there are some grains that are gluten-free. Um, things like quinoa is a grain but doesn't have gluten. There are a few of them. But um, kind of what Rebecca was talking about, they can all generally be lumped together. Grains can cause this process uh, like she was talking about inside of your body. Gluten is definitely um, more of the culprit, uh, but grains are one to stay away from altogether. The other thing, too, about grains and when you're consuming it in high quantities is that it's a simple carbohydrate. So your body really stores that as fat. And if you're not burning that excess energy, you're continuing to increase your energy stores and your body is putting on the fat and continuing to increase your body mass. So it's it's easier for your body to process vegetables, lean meats, and fats and actually use those to fuel itself. So let's talk about the dairy issue because I know on your list for things you wouldn't eat if you were following the paleo diet would be dairy. Why is that? Most people um, have a problem digesting dairy. Whether they're lactose intolerant or not, dairy is a really tough one for people to process and it can cause, again, a whole host of problems, whether you break out or it gives you really um, nasty digestive issues. Um, It's one that until you know how your body processes dairy, it's better to take it all out completely. Uh, A big question that people usually have about that is how are they going to get calcium if they're not drinking milk or eating cheese? Calcium is not just found in dairy. Um, It's also found in a lot of different foods, mainly uh, leafy vegetables, spinach, kale, things like that. And by eating a well-balanced diet without dairy, you can still get as much calcium as you need. So dairy itself might be hard in the digestive system, and you can get calcium and other things from other sources. Correct. Okay. So let's talk about what what a daily diet following paleo would be like. Let's let's talk about the um, perfect, I have all the time in the world to cook and prepare my food, and the, okay, I've got five minutes, I'm running out the door version. So let's talk first about breakfast in the optimal situation. If you're following paleo, you're having breakfast, what are you eating? You're going to start at the hardest place because most people have a hard time with breakfast on a paleo diet. When you're thinking of breakfast, you're thinking mostly of grains, whether it's oatmeal, cereal, a muffin, a pastry, something like that. So like what I, about eggs? Eggs is a great one. Eggs is what I typically recommend to people because it still seems like a, a typical breakfast food. Um, I personally eat like chicken and beef and stuff for breakfast. Um, but until you get to that point, you still want to have something that seems like breakfast, bacon and eggs, bacon eggs and some spinach or berries, something like that is a great way to start the breakfast or the day. Again, that's a that's if you have time. Um, Rebecca actually has a great go-to breakfast for when you don't have time. Oh, is okay. that the, the egg cup thing? Oh, that, that one. Or also your, your chia cereal. Or... Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, because I have children, so they're not always keen to eat the way I eat, but I do make them and my whole family a cereal out of chia seeds, which is it's just a seed, and you mix it with any kind of water, coconut milk, almond milk, anything like that, and it kind of creates this pudding, and then you can put, like, nuts and berries and all kinds of stuff on top of it, and it's instant. You know, there's no cooking involved at all. 
So chia seeds, raw chia seeds, you just put some liquid with them and then top them with whatever you like. And so that would be breakfast for you? That would be breakfast, Do your yeah. kids eat it? They do, sometimes okay. reluctantly, but... <laughs> depends on uh, what's going on. Yeah, okay. it depends what's going on, yeah. All right. So yeah. that would be like a quick rush breakfast. Quick rush breakfast. And yours would be optimally, I have time to make eggs and chicken and spinach and put in my berries. Right. Even though they're on the dirty dozen. Organic berries. Organic berries. Okay. <laughs> I just like saying dirty dozen. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm Clint Eastwood or something. I don't know. Okay, so that would be a breakfast running to go and a breakfast optimally. What about a mid-morning snack? Snacks are, again, tough. We're, we're getting the two tough ones out of the way here. Snacks for me is typically uh, dried fruit and nuts or beef jerky. Make sure you're getting beef jerky that doesn't have soy sauce in it, which is full of gluten. Um, so read the labels on that one. But beef jerky um, or fruit. Sometimes like a what, banana. What kind of nuts would you be having? Like almonds, cashews, any nuts? Almonds. I like um, dry roasted almonds. And my my thing lately is dry roasted almonds, dried peaches, and coconut flakes. And it's kind mm. of like this tropical, buttery, crunchy yumminess. So do you make your own? I don't. Okay. Do you get it from somewhere? Yeah, actually. Where I, do you get it My from? sister sends it to me from Trader Joe's. Oh, you have a Trader <laughs> Joe's? I do. Link? I have a hookup. Why don't we have a Trader Joe's here? All right, I'll just put that wish out there. That would be awesome. See what happens, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay, so you've got a little hookup. You got a Trader Joe hookup, but you could technically make this on your own. Sure. You could get almonds. You could get dried peaches. Absolutely. You could get coconut flakes. You could. What else could you put in there? Could you put in raisins? Are they allowed? Yeah, raisins are good. Okay. Um, raisins, dried cranberries, any type of nut, so long as you're not getting um, a nut that's roasted with oil. You definitely want to either get it raw or dry roasted because mm-hmm. typically they're roasted in canola oil, which is one you want to stay away from. Same with the dry fruit as well. You want to look at the package to make sure there's not added sugar and oils on those as well because often there is. So if you made it yourself, like if you made... If you dried the fruit yourself. Well, that's just way too much. Okay. <laughs> that's intense. But I mean, like, could you get dried fruit <laughs> yes. in a separate you package? Could, yes, and okay. essentially making your own trail mix, really. Well, I was thinking, Janelle, telling your sister to go look for it and mail it to me. Right. You know, so just listen out there. But we'll mail it to you. and then <laughs> There'll then, be a small fee, but I'm Then sure we can share. Right, right. There you go. Okay, so I can have my Trader Joe connection. All right, so that would be snack. So, so that could be kind of your run-on-the-go snack mm-hmm. in addition to I'm preparing snack. Okay. Let's talk lunchtime. Ding ding lunch bell. What am I eating? Lunch Optimally, time. we're gonna oh. have we're gonna have Rebecca. You're gonna do the I've got kids running on the go. Okay. <laughs> and Janelle, you're gonna do that. I've got all the time, and and I'm gonna make this optimal. So lunchtime, what are you eating? Maybe what did you eat today? I do these things called that I like to call garbage salads, which is basically anything I can find in the fridge just over some sort of green. So right now I have spinach in the fridge. Um, I have some bell peppers, some carrots, some tomatoes. I've been using um, some of this really thinly sliced turkey breast that I made a few days ago. I throw some nuts in there. I throw, if I have some dried cranberries or something, and I just whip up a little, um, like a lemon juice and olive oil vinaigrette, salt, pepper. It sounds Mix great. It Don't all call together. it garbage salad. Cause, well, that's what it was it. today. It, it, takes, <laughs> it, it takes a lot of different. But, I mean, Whoops. it like makes me go, ew, garbage, but yum, salad. So, okay, so this is your, your everything but the kitchen sink salad. Exactly. All right. See, that sounds a little better. I'll rename it for you. So that was your lunch. So you had a bunch of that. Now, do you put on a dressing? And if so, what kind? Yeah, I'll, I'll usually just make a dressing, um, some sort of acid like a lemon juice or, or apple cider vinegar, a little bit of mustard maybe, and some olive oil, something simple. I try to stay away from store-bought dressings just because 
you, I really can't ever find one that I think is clean. They generally have um, sugar or some sort of oil like a soybean oil or a canola oil that I generally try to stay away from. So you'd be like a good olive oil and vinegar person. Exactly. Okay. And that's something simple. You can just and, douse that on there. Even if I'm in a rush, I don't even make the dressing. I don't like take a separate cup, cup and whip it up. I just little olive oil, then a little vinegar right on top of the salad and mix the whole thing together. You're already. Yeah. Okay. All right, Rebecca. Yeah. So Lunch when, on the go. When I'm on the go, it's usually a can of tuna in water, no salt added, um, mixed with some avocado, salt and pepper. If I have some greens, I'll just throw some greens in there all in a bowl and some nuts on top and and eat that. The other great thing is there's these wonderful things called coconut wraps. And they're made from coconut, just really coconut meal, like the meal of the coconut. They mash it up and they make it into these wraps. And you can order them online. So I order those in mass because it's great to be able to wrap stuff, like when you're on the go. So I'll just. So is it kind of like, like a. Pita bread kind of stuff? Uh, it's more like a tortilla, like but a tortilla? really thin, thin and flexible. And they're, they're unreal. They're really, really delicious. And um, you can get them on Amazon, actually. You can order coconut wraps on Amazon. Yeah, I don't think I've found them on island. I don't Interesting. know. Interesting. I don't think That's I have. Enough. But so I'll put, um, you know, I'll put any like leftover meter in there, hard boiled egg and some greens and some nuts. The great thing about when you eat this way and you eat clean, you don't have to eat as much or as often. Because if you make every meal with a protein, a fat, and a carb from a vegetable source, you're really, you're really satisfied. So oftentimes it's just like I grab some tuna and some nuts and some avocado. It doesn't sound fancy, but it lasts a long time in my body. And so you don't feel like you need, you know, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner, snack. Yeah, when you've been doing it for a while, when you've kind of like gone past all of those cravings for like the muffin or the bagel or whatever it is that you need in the afternoon to pick you up and kind of keep you going through the workday, you find that you're satiated much longer. You don't have those big highs and lows in your blood sugar. So snacking is kind of like maybe a couple nuts and some carrots and some almond butter and you're good to go. Well, and it's interesting because a lot of the foods that you guys are both talking about, if you were to look at some of the things that a nutritionist would tell someone with diabetes, it's very, very similar. Mm -hmm. It's be careful with carbohydrates. It's have lean proteins. It's fine nuts and and snacks that are not with extra added sugar and try and incorporate this into your diet. So a lot of what we're talking about is not way out in left field. You know, it's really healthy ways to eat. And Mm -hmm. I think about the Mediterranean diet, Mm -hmm. because it actually follows some of those same principles, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, have more of the the vegetables, have more of the greens, leafy greens and olive oil and some of the things that we would would suggest would be better for someone's diet. So let's talk dinner. Let's talk fancy. I have time dinner versus okay, I'm on the go. Okay, fancy. Janelle, your fancy the, the, dinner. Yeah, I did a surf and turf the other night. That's like my guilty pleasure. I had some um, pan-seared scallops I made at home, a little bit of steak, ribeye, um, some sweet potatoes, purple sweet potatoes, and a little bit of roasted asparagus. So why is that considered a guilty pleasure? Because scallops are expensive. <laughs> okay. All right. It's not because scallops are bad. It's not because no, they're not no, no, no. It's, it's just because they're kind of pricey. Guilty on the on the pocketbook is all. Okay. <laughs> and you mentioned purple sweet potatoes as opposed to a standard Idaho potato. What's so special about my purple friends? The purple sweet potatoes are really any sweet potatoes, even yams. You're going to get more micronutrients than you would in a white potato. Um, I think over the years, white potatoes have become kind of more accepted in a paleo diet than they they were previously. But um, 
I personally like the taste of the sweet potatoes better, and you're getting a little bit more of the the micronutrients than you are in just a straight white potato. So you could have a potato and be paleo. Yes. Because it's not a grain. Correct. But you wouldn't necessarily have rice. Exactly. Because that could be a grain. Right. Well, it not could be. It kind of is. It is a grain. All right. Yeah. And so you could have potatoes. But it is gluten-free. So that's where that that's, that's where that one comes in. Okay. So if you're going to do your eighty twenty, probably better to have rice than to have pasta, mm-hmm. or something like that. Okay. And so, what's my quick on the go dinner? Um, quick on the go dinner, I usually would get some kind of sausage from a good source, like Whole Foods. Um, really read the packages on package on sausages for sure. Make sure there's not a lot of additives. So a good sausage. Um, there's great kale salads that are pre-packaged that you can just grab and go and just throw on your plate and throw some olive oil, salt and pepper, balsamic vinegar, and um, like a handful of nuts. And that would probably be it. Now, what about kids? Because you've got kids. What's yeah. your kid fast dinner? My kid fast dinner is Chicken, broccoli, and avocado, or salmon, broccoli, and avocado, repeat <laughs> always, all the time. It's some kind of protein, a vegetable, and a fat, essentially. And um, they, they're they very used to that. So big big fans of salmon, big fans of chicken. Um, and that's basically most of our dinners every single night. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's very simple. It sounds like that's the other yeah. key is that when we talk about preparation, you're not really talking about hours of no. prep. It's here's a food. I'm yeah. going to find a way to cook it. We're going to eat it. And it's not going to be this big rigmarole right. of. No. And it can be exciting and, and wonderful and take hours to prepare if you choose. But it also can be kid friendly and easy to do if you have limited time. Of course, it's it takes more prep and shopping than just eating convenience foods or going out for fast food. But the benefits definitely. Are now, there. does your whole family follow this? I would say probably, um, I would say probably the eighty twenty rule. Yeah, I mean, I let the kids live a little, and when there's birthday parties and whatnot, it's all moderation, right? So it's not the paleo diet is doesn't have to be a strict, very strict and and rule laden way of living, and it depends what you want your outcomes to be too. If you want to lose a hundred pounds, if you're really sick and you have, you want to get rid of a disease, and yes, go a hundred percent paleo for a time until you're back to your midline, until you're balanced. You know, my kids are really healthy. They're very active. So there's times when I let them really just enjoy life and have a piece of pizza and an ice cream cone. And they know, and I've preached to them enough, the foundations of good nutrition, that they won't even eat at McDonald's. I'll take them there and they'll be like, Mom, I'm like, I just need a cup of water. You know, I need to get in the air conditioning and have a glass of water. Like, why are you taking us here? Like, this place is poison. Why are we... So Your kids they, feel that way. Yeah, they do. My oldest son especially, he's he's very adamant. Yeah. Wow, and how old is he? Seven. Okay, so yeah. starting early. Mm-hmm. Good nutritional habits. All yeah. right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with, we're going to try it again, Rebecca Price Bakley. Beckley. Beckley. All right, I'm 0 for 3 here. <laughs> 0 for 3. <laughs> And also Janelle Bremer, and they're both from Good Clean Food Hawaii. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what 
they can do to help you if you decide, hey, I want to try this and how maybe just getting in a group of people who are doing it, you can help one another, somebody be in charge of making certain types of foods for breakfast, lunch, or dinner so that everybody can have an option to stay as healthy as they can and really work on it together. Now, as always, you can join our conversation at 941-3689, toll free 877-941-3689 from our friends in the neighbor islands. We will be right back. Stay with us. What's that? You're trying to break into the tech industry? Oh, just give these guys a call. And then we put together this great group of people and said, okay, we're going to find early stage companies. We want to partner with them and grow them to be really, really big. I'm Kai Rizdal. Do them a favor, though, and make sure your idea is actually good. The story next time on Marketplace from APN. This evening at 6, following The Body Show. On the next humankind. He is always leading the way on how he's going to do this, how he's going to eat, how he's going to breathe. He's always got strategies, and he always has a sense of humor. So I'm amazed. A remarkable artist who creatively works around the impossible limitations of Lou Gehrig's disease. I'm David Freudberg. Join us for Humankind. This evening at 6.30, right after Marketplace. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here with Janelle Bremer. And also, I'm going to get it this time, no more th- no more strikes, Rebecca Price Beckley. Awesome. You know why Good I job. got it? Because you used your handwriting on my paper here. <laughs> it just says nothing about my handwriting. And we are talking today about the paleo lifestyle. What does this mean? Why would you be interested in it? What are some of the foods that you can focus on? And how you can really integrate this into a healthy lifestyle? And why you would even want to consider doing it? Now, before the break, we were talking about optimal foods for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snack versus quick foods, real quick, I'm on the go. And we kind of saw that there's a lot of different variety in these foods that people can eat. And there are some things on the list that you might not even have known about. Potatoes, for example, sweet potatoes, Okinawan potatoes, those are my purple ones. Lots of different foods that you could eat. And the end result is that you might feel even better than you do now. So we got a caller on the line. We have Christine from Kailua. Christine, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, thank you. Thanks for calling us. What can we do for you today? You know, I had a question because a friend of mine is a plant-based eater, and that's based on the China study. And it sounds like some of the ideas are aligned with the paleo. However, is the big thing that uh, doesn't align with that view. And I guess the idea with the plant-based is this 80-20-20, so actually 80% carbohydrates, but those are coming from um, fruit and I guess some whole grains, and then 20% protein, 20% fat. And I was wondering if um, you guys agree or have heard of that diet and think that it somewhat aligns with paleo or what your thoughts are on on the low protein part of it. Interesting. Good question. Janelle, a different sort of, what is the breakdown for the paleo diet as far as percentages? And then let's talk about Christine's 80% carbs from fruits and whole grains and how that relates to it. So what's the percentage breakdown paleo? So this is kind of where the where paleo diet differs from like a paleo lifestyle because there there is no prescribed percentage of macronutrients on the paleo diet. It really depends on, on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to lose weight, you're definitely going to go a lot more low carb than if you are an athlete and you're trying to get the best performance that you can, in which case you'd want to go more high carb, but 
at different times throughout the day. So it it's not really one prescribed ratio um, for anybody on a paleo diet. 80, 80% carbs um, is definitely a, a high-carb diet. I haven't heard of this diet in particular. Um, the low-protein, I think it would definitely um, – You'd have to take a look and make sure that you're getting enough protein for your lifestyle. Um, if, you, like Again, if you're working out a lot, if you're trying to build muscle, low protein, I would think, is something that might um, make me a little bit hesitant to follow that sort of diet. But if you're eating it and you're feeling better, maybe it's working for you. Yeah, and I think the general message of eating the unprocessed foods and having it be a very heavily plant-based diet is great. It's wonderful. And I think really your protein source is, it's it's a big personal choice. A lot of people have reasons why they do not eat meat. And, um, you know, you can, you can, it's really up to the individual and how they feel and what, like Janelle said, your end, your end goal is. So, but yeah, the, the major difference there is, is we're using meat as a, as a source of protein versus other sources of protein. And I think with the paleo too, it's the, um, you know, meat is, is very, it's as unprocessed as you could get, whereas other protein sources that are not meat, maybe like soy or tofu or things like that are a very processed form of protein. Something that would concern me about the 80% carbs is just, and we kind of talked about this earlier, is the insulin level spikes from that. If you're eating a lot of carbs, especially if they're um, from fruits or or something that has high fructose levels like that, that you might kind of be um, going really high and then crashing again throughout the day. And, And if you're constantly doing that, raising your insulin and then lowering it and eating a lot of carbs again and raising it, um, over time, you can really wreak havoc on your body from that and experience some adrenal fatigue or, or something like that. All right, Christine. So does that – it sounds like your friend who's following this diet might be doing something that works for them, um, might not fit into the paleo. But, again, it sounds like if it works for them and they're feeling good and feeling healthy and good body weight and have enough energy, possible. Yeah, and I think he got uh, this came from the um, documentary Forks Over Knives. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever yes. watched that or heard of it. I have. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're getting some yeses here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All yeah. right. Well, thank you very much. Well, thanks for calling in, Christine. I think one of the messages that I think in general we're trying to promote is eating healthy for your lifestyle, but eating healthy in general. And I Mm -hmm. think when we think about how foods get processed, I don't think anybody could really argue that processing is the absolute best way to make our foods, you know, something we can eat. And and sometimes I look at expiration dates and I go, wow, how good is it (laughs) if it doesn't expire for a year and a half? I wonder what's in there. You know, it makes me kind of curious about some of these things. But the idea is if you find a diet that works for you, if you're generally healthy, you don't have problems with your insulin levels or diabetes, you don't have blood pressure Mm -hmm. issues, cholesterol issues, you're generally active, you're feeling strong and fit, then what you're doing is working for you. Make sure you get periodic checkups. But, you know, if this, if what you're doing works, then that's great. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, if you're having some troubles, or if you want to change your diet plan for a particular reason, hey, this is an option for you. Now, Janelle, you made a comment about paleo diet versus paleo lifestyle. Tell me a little bit about the difference. I think by referring to the paleo diet as a diet, it becomes more of a fad, which also takes away some of its legitimacy. Um, It really isn't a diet. Like we said, there is no prescribed amount of calories you can have. There's no prescribed amount of fat and protein and carbs you can have in a day. Um, Yes, there is a list of 
foods that you should have and foods that you shouldn't have. But really, it's a matter of what makes you feel good and what fuels your body um, and doing that in a way that is sustainable that you can continue to do not just for 30 days or three months, but for the rest of your life. Um, and if that turns into be more of an 80-20 where you're doing these things 80% of the time, that's more of a sustainable lifestyle than a diet where I can't ever have sugar, I can't ever have alcohol. Because um, you know what you're going to crave. Days, and you're going to crave yeah. sugar and alcohol as soon as you say you can't have exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So the lifestyle you mention a lot about, think about what your activity is. If you're trying to build muscle, have protein in your diet because that helps you to build muscle. Right. And, and another thing that really rolls into all this that a lot of people don't think about and definitely don't talk about when they're talking just about diets is things like managing your stress levels and making sure to get enough sleep. And those are a lot of, th of the things that um, if you're reading some of the paleo literature and research out there, they focus on those things, too, because if you're trying to lose weight, for instance, and you're eating all of the right things, but you're not sleeping and you're under a ton of stress, your body's probably not going to lose weight and get back to its kind of equilibrium the same way it would as if all of those other boxes were checked per se. Um, so it's really just about health and well-being across the board, what you're eating, but also how you're taking care of yourself. So why do I feel like now we're all in trouble? <laughs> like Not getting enough sleep, never being stressed. <laughs> really? Do you live here in Honolulu? Yeah. Have you been in traffic? And I don't I'm sleep and I'm stressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it's good to know you're right in there suffering with us. You yeah. know, I often see patients at the gym and I'll be like, yep, yeah, this is lovely. Don't want to be here. Nice to see you. <laughs> Going to work out. And, you yeah. know, nobody really wants to be here at this hour of the morning or evening or weekend. But we're here because it's good for us. So a lot of reasons why people would want to try and focus on things. And you mentioned don't go crazy. Don't go 100%. I'm never going to have sugar again because you're probably going to crave it. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, you know, one of the services that you've provided, which I'm thinking I got to do this. Yeah, as I was coming into work today thinking, I'm late. I've got to have something for breakfast. I wonder what it's going to be for lunch. And I've got to get stuff together and come home late. How could it be easier for you if you don't have the capacity to take an hour for lunch, cook your meals, take a nap, be less stressed? There's a service that you guys have come up with, which... I think it's definitely worth hearing about for those people who might say, but I struggle. I have so many things going on. How can I plan meals out a week in advance? You don't have to. Some other people can help you. What is it that Good Clean Food Hawaii does? Because when I first saw it, I'm like, well, does that mean I have bad, dirty food? I, you know, <laughs> I, maybe the dirty does and maybe I'm having too many berries. Who knows? But what is it that the service that you guys do, this, this idea of meal preparation in advance and providing food for people who want it, however many meals they do. What is that all about? So we do, we make pre-made paleo meals that we then deliver and you can pick up around Island. So basically I was in the same position about three years ago when I started the company where I was working a full-time job. I had other things I wanted to do and I wish I had food to take with me to work every day for lunch and meals to eat. When I came home, I was trying to follow a paleo diet. Um, so I started meal prepping on the weekends and slowly but surely started doing that for some friends. And now, um, we have customers all across island. We have a commercial kitchen in Kailua, and you can order your meals with us for the entire week, um, anywhere from 6 to 14 if you want us to cover all your meals. And they'll come in single-serve containers ready to eat, ready to throw in your bag for when you go to work, and that way you know exactly what you're eating. You can stick to this sort of diet um, if you wish to, and we take kind of all of the meal prep, grocery shopping, cleaning up, all that work out of it. 
Sounds awesome. Low stress. But tell me, do you got to cook it? No. You can eat it either cold or put it right in the microwave. It's already cooked. So give me an example. Ooh, today I had one of our meals for lunch. I had rosemary turkey breast with um, thyme roasted carrots. So typically you're going to get a protein and vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds delicious. Okay. And our menu changes every week. So we're always trying to mix it up. We don't ever want people to get bored. Um, Yeah. So it's sort of taking away the stress of how do I get it done? How do I cook in advance? And you sort of started this on your own, started working with friends, and now all of a sudden, fast forward three years, it's your business. Yeah, it turned out that there was actually a lot of people who wish they could eat healthy and just don't have the time to do it, whether they have full-time jobs or families or all of those things. And the last thing you're going to do is go home and make dinner and breakfast and lunch for the next day. So weekends, you just, you what you were doing in your own is that you were spending your weekend doing meal prep. And this way, all the work you're doing for you, you can do it for other people and it becomes your job. Right. Yeah. Okay. So we're... Now it's sort of done in cooperation with uh, CrossFit. Why is that? We got started working with all of the CrossFit gyms. Um, CrossFit and paleo kind of go hand in hand. Um, a lot of people who do the, that sort of workout follow a paleo lifestyle. And they were a lot of the people who wanted to make sure that their nutrition was following these certain guidelines. So we started by preparing meals for athletes and coaches. Um, We've since grown from them, but we still work closely with the gyms for people to be able to pick up their meals there, give them a convenient pickup location um, in all of the communities around the island. Because there's a lot of CrossFits. Right, yeah. It makes it easy because they're in a lot of communities. And if you decide, and I think on your website it lists where it is that you could go ahead and pick up meals. And and it's not that you have to be a member of CrossFit. Yeah, absolutely not. Anybody can pick up there. Um, You don't have to be a member. You don't have to work out. You can just go and grab your food and go home and enjoy it. And you said sometimes you can eat it cold or you can heat it up. Yeah, if you're in a rush, they're fine cold. I've, I've eaten them all kinds of ways, cold or warm. So it sounds like it's a real good, convenient service, an easy way to find in healthy foods that you don't have to stress about preparing, that you can get for the week, store in your office fridge if you want to just do it for lunch every day. And then there you go. You have this great, nutritionally sound, healthily made product for lunch that varies every day. Mm-hmm. Okay, this sounds like dream lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, we have a why. A, I mean, our customers go from anywhere from like, you know, your gym going CrossFitter to an elderly person who really can't leave the house, can't prepare it themselves. And a lot of people who work all day in an office building and don't have a kitchen. So we really have across the board just a wide variety of people who want healthy, convenient food and don't have time. They have two jobs, three jobs, children, that kind of stuff. So yeah, it's really been well accepted on the islands. And what about families? Can like a whole family choose to do it? Yeah, we actually have a family plan that's specifically for families, so larger portions and meant to feed a family of four. And yeah, we have a lot of different options. And a whole menu that you can choose from, take a look at. Yeah, we have 10 items per week and that changes every week. Fantastic. I'm hungry now. (laughs) Did you bring any samples? No? Darn. Okay. Um, But it's certainly, it's a great way to to break through the barriers of why people don't eat healthy. Why do they go and pick up the nearest thing that's available? You know, we were joking about don't go to a food store hungry because you wind up purchasing what you can eat in the front seat of Mm -hmm. your car. And it's probably not necessarily going to be the healthiest, but you're hungry, so you want it right now. Mm -hmm. So you described when you eat, 
sort of the this particular type of a dietary approach. You know, Rebecca, you said you're not hungry all mm-hmm. the time. You don't feel like, oh, I must eat right now because yeah. the protein kind of stays with you throughout mm-hmm. the day. Absolutely. It's just about regulating your blood sugar through the day and being consistent and really being prepared as well for those emergency situations when you are starving and having available food in your bag just to eat right right then. Well, we've got Janelle's sister. She's got a little hookup going on with Trader Joe's. That's right. She's got herself some almonds. I'm still thinking about it. Dried peaches and coconut flakes. She can up the supply. Yeah, (laughs) really, you know, or we can just get a Trader Joe's. That would be good. Throwing that out there to the universe, (laughs) putting my wish out again. Let's see how it goes. But all right, any other myths that you can think of? The reason why people would say they can't do it. So we've eliminated the convenience factor because you've done that. We've eliminated the why factor because there's a lot of there's a lot of whys as to why you would want to do this, reducing inflammation, trying to eat something that your body is meant to digest. What are some of the other common reasons why people say they can't do it, and what is your response? I think cost is one of those reasons. Okay. Um, people generally think when you're buying organic, grass-fed meats and you know organic local produce, you're spending a lot more money. And generally, out of the gates, that, that can be true if you compare, like, a packet of ramen to a piece of organic meat from Whole Foods. You know, it's it is a more packet expensive. of ramen. That's so healthy for yeah. us. <laughs> but you know, it it can it, that can intimidate people. But okay. yeah, you have to really um, make your budget stretch and choose the things wisely, like meats and those dirty dozen. Again, spend your money where the things matter, and um, the other things maybe you can cut cut corners on. And you just you really learn how to be a smart shopper too. So cost could be a factor, but it can be overcome. It can be. Because you can look at a variety of different options. Yeah, I mean, you, you can make a huge pot of soup for your family or uh, use your pot ro- or your um, slow cooker, that kind of stuff that really makes your dollars stretch. Okay. Another myth, Janelle. When you first decided to do this, was there any hesitation on your part? I thought I was going to be bored. I thought it was going to be like you're going to have a chicken salad for every day, lunch forever. every day, and then you're going to have chicken and broccoli for dinner. Um, but it's it's really not boring at all. I mean, there are so many different combinations you could possibly do with uh, vegetables and fruits and different proteins. And then also using different herbs and different spices to mix things up. If you if you did want to do chicken breast and broccoli every night, you can still make it taste different every time you do it with different a different sauce or a different rub on it, cooking it a different way. Um, I like to cook, so I was afraid I was going to really be bored, but I'm always kind of coming up with different things to do and still um, using just paleo ingredients. And it's worked well. Yeah. Would you ever go back? No. People ask me that all the time, like, do you miss having pizza or bread? And honestly, those things taste good. Yes, I'm not going to lie. But um, following this kind of diet, I feel so much better that I don't even want to have pizza or bread. You don't crave it because it's how you feel afterwards. Exactly, yeah. All right. That's that whole adage we hear about, you are what you eat, which is a scary thought, but truer as time goes on. All right. Well, I want to thank both of you for sharing your expertise with us here today on The Body Show. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And for people who want to look up Good Clean Food Hawaii, just put it in Google. You got it. GCFHawaii.com. All right. Well, if you want to hear this show again, you can click on our podcast, hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. Thanks again to Janelle Bremer and Rebecca Price Beckley. I got it. All right. Our engineer is David Chung. Our executive producer, Beth Ann Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week. We're going to talk some more about health right here on The Body Show. We'll see you then.